Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the brand new Cellmark Studios 3.0, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. In fact, this studio is so new, we still don't have the sound treatments up on the walls. Thus, there may be a slight reverberation in my voice. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Sample ballots have been released for midterm elections. City Council honors chiropractors in a moment with the mayor. High school troops set to perform Shakespeare in the park this weekend. Jonathan Dodd, what's coming up in sports today? MISD football returns from the bye week. Coming up in the features section. I'm Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, we will range from dinosaur-killing asteroids to amateur science. I mean, Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know. I have Arlington City spokeswoman Susan Schrock to talk about a free community event. A few weeks ago, we learned about wire fraud. I'm Beth Steinke, and this week on the Mansfield Real Estate Report, we will be uncovering the truth about title fraud. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, we'll be talking about the fall-influenced cocktails. We have the seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, Steve continues his in-studio interview with Mansfield resident Christy Silvas about her 750-mile trek on the Camino de Santiago in Spain. We are Mansfield's only source for new news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. No matter your familiarity with buying or selling real estate, having an experienced, trusted advisor on speed dial is priceless. The Roger and Beth team of Century 21 Judge Fight is here to be that resource for you. Whether you're buying right here in Mansfield or your dreams are taking you elsewhere, we are ready to help you with turning that vision into a reality. To learn more, visit our website at homesinmansfield.com. That's homesinmansfield.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, And I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers, and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hi, I'm Jennifer Cowley, president of the University of Texas at Arlington, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. The Tarrant County Elections Administration, along with Dallas, Johnson, and Ellis counties, released their sample ballots this week for the upcoming November 8th midterm general election. Depending on where you live, Mansfield residents can look forward to a ballot chock full of important choices, including the hotly contested governor's race, the battles for attorney general and lieutenant governor, and 28 other races. 
Get to know your ballot before you head to the polls. A sample ballot for Tarrant, Dallas, Johnson, and Ellis counties can be found on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. Early voting starts October 24th with Election Day falling on Tuesday, November 8th. Mansfield City Council held a regularly scheduled meeting on Monday, and the following opinions of those of Michael Evans may not necessarily reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. We first start off with good morning, Michael Evans. Welcome to About Mansfield. It is always good to be here. Good morning, sir. You started off the meeting on Monday night with National Chiropractic Month. Yes, uh, in our October the 10th meeting, I proclaimed the month of October as National Chiropractic Health Month. Listen, chiropractors promote a holistic health approach. And you know what, Steve? I've learned that the older I get, uh, the more I need chiropractors to crack my bones. So, uh, you know, I appreciate them. Water Utilities also get an award. Our Water Utilities Department, listen to this, they have earned the Outstanding Public Drinking Water System Award. Let me tell you why this is really big. Mansfield is one of only three utilities to receive this honor out of approximately 7,000 water systems in the state. (laughs) That is remarkable, and it says a whole lot about uh, the folks we have working in our waterworks. Very good. You got into future land use as well. Yeah, we did. You you know, we moved uh, on to an update of the future land use uh, plan. And let me tell you what that is. That's a component of the comprehensive plan. It's important that uh, our residents know that uh, we're really not just, you know, going along to get along. It's important that they know that there is a plan in place regarding uh, streets and roads and just the, the use of our land here in Mansfield. We're at about... 20% now of uh, land that is undeveloped. Now, think about that. 20% of undeveloped land remaining in the city limits of of Mansfield. That's that's mind-boggling to me. Yeah. We're almost built out. Almost built out. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Consent agenda consisted of 12 items. I'm just going to turn the mic over to you and, and let you have it. All right. You know what? Let me, let me just uh, hit some highlights in regard to the uh, consent agenda. We did have 12 uh, items. Uh, one in particular uh, that um, folks I'm sure they want to know about, and that is we denied uh, Encore's request to increase uh, their rates within the city. And uh, also approving a special event permit for MISD, Mansfield Independent School District, to host a 5K fun run. And we also uh, approved a uh, event uh, permit, special event permit for uh, Methodist Mansfield's uh, run for heart. So we're happy about that. Now, uh, city council did, though, we, we did uh, table the ordinance to uh, transfer approximately 46 acres of city-owned uh, property. And uh, that, that's that's the kind of thing that we'll get to uh, a little later. But um, I think it's also important to note that um, we moved on to a public hearing continuation and a final uh, reading of an ordinance approving a historic landmark overlay district. This is the first, yeah. a historic landmark overlay district classification for the Mansfield Cemetery, which dates back to 1868, and the uh, Mansfield Community Cemetery, which dates back to 1874. And the ordinance has been approved, and we, we're excited about it. There were then just a, a couple of more items on the agenda 
one of uh, regarding a zoning change, and then uh, I'll let you just segue right into the Veterans Memorial. Sure, sure. Uh, we also held a public uh, continuation and second and final reading of the uh, proposed zoning change on approximately 1.69 acres of the uh, W.C. Price Survey, uh, located at 700 East Broad Street. So council approved the uh, change, and this area will now be zoned as downtown district and urban center zone. The bottom line is uh, we're doing our very best to make the downtown a um, fun place, uh, we, and we're continuing our efforts in that, and you're going to be hearing a lot more really soon about uh, some um, grand openings and some groundbreakings in the downtown area. I like to have fun. You know what? I do, too. And we're sure trying to make sure that uh, Mansfield, not just downtown, but that yeah. the entire city is a fun place for folks to come and uh, play, relax, and just enjoy time out. There you go. All right. So we, we finalized, to finalize, to close out everything on last night, uh, we approved a reimbursement request by the Mansfield uh, Veterans Memorial and Tribute Foundation of uh, up to um, $9,000. Actually, though, in regard to uh, the uh, motion, it approved up to about $7,500 in that regard. And you know what, Steve, speaking of the veterans, can you believe that it's almost time for the uh, Veterans Day parade and salute? I mean, it's, I mean, we're here. Yeah. We're here. So it's going to happen on November the 5th. And uh, that's a Saturday. And of course, we appreciate all that our, our veterans uh, have done and all that our, our men and women uh, in arms continue to do in protecting our country and protecting our freedoms. So, my friend, that is an update from the uh, October uh, 10th. A city council meeting. Now, if folks want to see the entire meeting. Now, it was a fast meeting. That was. But if they want to see the entire <laughs> meeting, they just need to go to www.mansfieldtexas.gov, sir. We do this every other week here on About Mansfield. Every other week, meaning that when there is a city council meeting, then Michael Evans comes in the next day and we talk about uh, what took place. We'll see you in two weeks. Look here, Steve. Thank you very much. Thank you for what you guys do. Thank you for being the news source in the great city of Mansfield, Texas. If the names Hermia, Demetrius, Snug, and Puck set you to yearning for a Shakespearean fix, do not tarry, as the Legacy High School Theater Group has just what you need. Steve spoke with Legacy's head theater director, Jeremy Furman, about a special performance taking place this weekend. Jeremy, welcome back to About Mansfield. Hi, Steve. Thanks for having me again. Tell us what's going on this coming weekend. So this weekend, Thursday through Saturday, we are doing Shakespeare in the Park at Town Park. Uh, we're doing A Midsummer Night's Dream this year. And uh, the show is, like I said, it's Thursday through Saturday, 7 o'clock. And uh, parking is kind of limited at Town Park. So we have a shuttle running from Legacy High School over to Town Park starting at 6 p.m. And it'll run through the show until the show should be uh, about an hour and a half to two hours long. And the shuttle will run until 10 o'clock to get people back to their cars. A Midsummer Night's Dream. And for those that are not familiar with, uh, with, with, with William Shakespeare, and particularly this play, uh, without giving spoilers, a brief synopsis of, of what the play is about. Uh, well, let's just say that it is the classic case of mistaken identity, um, confused people who are in love with each other. Uh, and a bunch of fairies who kind of make those problems happen, uh, <laughs> in a nutshell. Uh, I know Shakespeare did have a great sense of humor. Is this a comedy? 
It is a comedy. Um, there's a lot of really, really funny parts in it. My kids have been working really hard to uh, to find all of the comedy within all of the text, all of the Shakespearean words. They looked at it as a, a challenge, and they've really stepped up. Thursday through Saturday, so October 13th through 15th at Town Park, starts at 7 p.m., and it's free to the public. Uh, again, tell them about the, uh, the shuttle. So the shuttle will start running at 6 o'clock, and it'll take you from Legacy High School over to Town Park and uh, drop you off. And uh, it'll be there to take you back over to your cars at Legacy after the show. My suggestion uh, to get there on time is to get to the school, to Legacy, around 6.30. And uh, that way you'll get to the park on time. If we, We'll have communication going. If we have some some stragglers will make sure they get there before the show starts. Excellent. And now I'm, I, and I'm seeing in the, uh, the text that you sent me, uh, bring a lawn chair, a blanket, snacks, and non-alcoholic drinks, and enjoy Shakespeare in the Park in Mansfield. Yeah. So if uh, people want to bring chairs, it's uh, in the amphitheater where there's a bunch of grass. You yeah. can sit in the grass if you'd like, but a blanket or a chair would be kind of nice to have. If someone wanted more information, uh, do you have a website or is there some place they can uh, they can go to to find out more info? Uh, yeah, our website is uh, legacyhstheater.com. And you can follow us on our Instagram or Twitter at legacyhstheater. Or we're also on Facebook. You just do a search for Legacy Theater. Jeremy Furman, we'll see you this weekend at Town Park for Shakespeare in the Park. All right, thanks, Steve. Let's head on over to the sports desk. Here's Jonathan Dodd. Friday night football returned for the most part with four of the five teams resuming play and Mansfield picked up right where they left off with a 31-13 win over Cedar Hill and improved to 6-0 on the year. Junior running back James Johnson had 160 yards on the ground and two scores while Tigers quarterback Sergio Kennedy throws for two touchdowns on the win. Next up is a big matchup this Friday in the Battle of the Unbeatens. The Tigers will take on Duncanville, who is 5-0 on the road. The Lake Ridge Eagles earned a resounding 49-0 win over Dallas Skyline. They improved to 2-4 and and look to carry the momentum into their Friday night contest versus the 5-1 DeSoto Eagles. The Legacy Broncos just took on those same DeSoto Eagles and had a hard time keeping pace scoring-wise, falling to DeSoto 56-7. DeSoto put up 35 points in the first quarter. The lone score for the Broncos came in the fourth quarter when seniors quarterback Connor Parlin and receiver Paul Summers connected in the end zone. Legacy will travel and face four and two Waxahachie. Summit couldn't make it four in a row. They lose their game to visiting Midlothian Heritage 44-20 and are back at 500 on the year. They will face district opponent Corsicana Friday night at home. And the Timberview Wolves were the lone MISD team off this week. They will return to action this Thursday night looking to stay undefeated when they take on Molina. In this week's high and low scores of Texas high school football, Morgan breaks the century mark versus Iredell, 107-82. And for the second week in a row, Iran makes the low list, winning this week 10-8 over Water Valley. And the biggest goose egg, Austin LBJ wins big over Austin Liberal Arts and Science Academy, 82 to nothing. And in the biggest goose egg honorable mention category, six teams won their weekend matchups, 70 to nothing. Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Thank you, Jonathan. We love getting feedback from the community. And if you have any comments about the show, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, you can reach us by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that email address is news 
at aboutmansfield.com. Monday, October 17th is National Mulligan Day. Everybody deserves a second chance, and this is your day to take advantage of it. Mulligans are mostly known as a penalty-free do-over on the golf course. Did you hit your drive into a lake? Ask for a mulligan. Did you miss a six-inch putt? ask for a mulligan. It is unclear where the term mulligan originated, but one story says it derived from a Canadian golfer named David Mulligan, who played the sport back in the 1920s. The Irish took it one step further by creating mulligan stew that is made from whatever food is handy, giving those leftovers a second chance. Mulligans often play into our everyday lives. We can all certainly think of something that at one point in time we have said, I wish I could do that over again. Well, Monday, October 17th is your free pass. In fact, Colleen, if you would like to take a mulligan on your weather forecast, you have my blessing. We all know that any weather prediction more than five days out is pretty much a fantasy, Steve. And due to our recording deadlines, well, pretty much every Wednesday, I'm yearning for a mulligan on my forecast. Despite your blessing, however, the podcast is already on its way to our listeners, and I'm denied my do-over. Let's take a look at this week's fantasy weather forecast for Mansfield, Texas. We're going to have highs a bit above average this week into the 80s and 90s, with about a 30% chance of rain Saturday night into Sunday, Monday, and possibly Tuesday. We're looking at a high of 92 degrees Wednesday, 85 Thursday, 87 Friday, 90 Saturday, 84 Sunday, 78 Monday, and 75 degrees on Tuesday. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to half an inch of irrigation this week. Our region is in another lengthy dry spell with over a month with no measurable rainfall. Cooler temperatures will reduce lawn water needs moving forward. It is important to adjust the sprinkler controller with the seasons and need for the lawn. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. The housing market is evolving as interest rates rise to meet inflation. Speculation abounds as to what the future may hold. Do you have a trusted advisor? The Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight should be your first call in all matters concerning real estate and the market. We specialize in residential real estate for both buyers and sellers. With industry partners across North America, our resources and expertise can turn the home you've been envisioning into a reality. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more. That's homesinmansfield.com. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. 
Congratulations to Leslie Sutherland, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. In what year did the Mansfield Historical Museum open? Leslie knew that the Historical Museum was opened by the Mansfield Historical Society in 2002. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, fishing is available at several Mansfield parks and open to the public year-round during regular hours. Ponds are stocked throughout the year with crappie, bluegill, and catfish, while the ponds at Oliver Nature Park, Rose Park, and Chandler Park are stocked with rainbow trout. Those over the age of 17 who are casting a line must carry a valid Texas fishing license. This week's trivia question is, how much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under the age of 65? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, how much does an annual freshwater fishing license cost for a Mansfield resident under 65 years old? Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance 
for the gift card. Hi, I'm Dr. Janine Huang with United Dermatology Associates, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb says that size doesn't really matter when it comes to seismographs. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. This week, I saw yet another story about dinosaur-killing asteroid, which happened 66 million years ago. The new discovery is some interesting geology. It was thought that when the giant asteroid hit the Earth, it also set off weeks or months-long series of earthquakes. But nobody knew what evidence to look for. There is plenty of other evidence for the other massive effects, massive tsunamis, giant sloshing of the oceans, and eventual extinctions. This week, geologist Herman Bermudez announced he had found evidence for an extended period of earthquakes after the impact. Kind of ingenious. So, rocks are formed out of silt and other things that fall to the bottom of the ocean and turn into rocks over millions of years. It is a very slow process and nothing much disturbs it. The new theory that dramatic planet-wide earthquakes disturb the seafloor in ways that are not like what happened before and after. One of the things known about the aftermath of the impact is that for weeks after the impact, microscopic glass spheres fell all around the globe. This glass was created by the immense temperatures of the impact. The microscopic glass was sent high into the atmosphere and fell all around the globe over time. Dr. Bermudez said, use this well-known deposition of glass spheres to map some unusual features in the sediment that slowly became rocks. He found this evidence in several places around the globe. Other geologists will challenge his data analysis and maybe extend its idea to fit other data. That's how science works. This story got me thinking about earthquakes. These days, whenever there is a big earthquake, somebody makes an animation of the seismic waves that wash back and forth across a planet, using information from thousands of detectors called seismographs. I always wanted a seismograph, and recall a friend had made one 30 years ago and showed it to us. It was big and gangly, but really ingenious. I was curious about whether this hobby, called one of the most boring scientific hobbies, whether it had progressed. It has, but first a little background. A seismograph is basically a heavy mass suspended as a pendulum or on springs. When there is an earthquake, the ground moves, but the heavy mass wants to stay where it is. You can create a record of the earthquake if you can find a way to record how far the mass gets behind the moving dirt underneath it. The simplest seismographs are a heavy weight with a pin on it hung from a long pendulum. If you slowly move a strip of paper under it for the pin to make a mark, it will record any unusual motion of the heavy weight. It is not very efficient, and most of the sliding paper doesn't show an earthquake. Remember, this is the most boring scientific hobby in the world. This sounds improbable, but my own experience suggests it does work. A few years ago, I was on my sofa in Mansfield, wasting time on Facebook, watching TV. I felt something odd and noticed some long decorative sticks we had in a giant vase were swaying back and forth. This never happens. This decorative thing in my house was a simple seismograph, though the U.S. Geologic Survey website told me about a nearby earthquake at the time. They invite citizens to report what they felt, and I'm a good citizen scientist, and I filed a report. So a simple mechanical seismograph can detect the big local quakes, but not the faint waves from faraway quakes. Actual scientific seismographs use an electromagnetic pickup to detect the smallest motions in the mass, and use electronic filters and amplifiers to select and magnify these weak vibrations, and feed them to a paper chart recorder or a computer. 
This is pretty much the same thing that happens with an electric guitar, just super low frequency rock music of a different, really atonal kind. 30 years ago, my friend had put the, together this big mechanical contraption in his garage along with analog electronic filters and amplifiers and hooked it up to an early personal computer where the slow vibrations are recorded for display and printing. Another hobbyist had, had written the software and shared it on the internet. My friend had picked up several faraway earthquakes and regularly big trucks going down his street. I was curious if 30 years of technological progress had made things easier for amateur-sized mologists, and I started searching. Boy, howdy, is it easier today. The first link in the search was a startup called Raspberry Shake. For less than $300, they will sell you a complete seismometer that is the size of a hardback book. The suspended mass and electromagnetic sensor is a shiny little tube about the size of a short, fat baby carrot. There are several models depending upon your requirements. Most of the space in the device is taken up with signal amplifiers and a tiny computer called a Raspberry Pi. That's P-I. It can hook up to the internet and share your observations with other hobbyists or real scientists. The name Raspberry comes from one of a number of tiny single board computers, some the size of a Band-Aid. I have a friend who uses one to automate some functions of his astronomical observatory. I have no real need to watch for seismic waves in Mansfield, but I'm thinking about buying one. This is how one gets started in a scientific hobby. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is here to take care of your heart in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. At Methodist Mansfield Medical Center, improving the health of our communities is a top priority. With us in the studio today is City Spokesperson Susan Chirac. Tell us about the new community health fair, Susan. Thank you, Angel, so much for the opportunity to tell residents about our Breast Cancer Awareness Health Fair. This free community event is set for 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Friday, October 14th at the city's Bob Duncan Center, which is located at 2800 South Center Street in Arlington. We'll have more than 25 health care providers and nonprofits on site with lots of great information for our residents. Some of these vendors include Methodist Mansfield, Texas Health Resources, Carter Blood Care, Solus Mammograms, and many more. The Arlington Fire Department, for example, will be on site to provide COVID boosters, so don't forget your vaccine cards. And it's flu season, so we'll also have flu shots available. Susan, tell us what's different about this community health fair. Well, in addition to all the great health and wellness resources, we're also going to have food trucks, giveaways, and other entertainment. So we really hope people come out on the 14th. District 3 City Councilwoman Nikki Hunter organized this free community event to help connect our residents to health and wellness resources. And with October being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, she thought this event would be a great opportunity for women who may have delayed their well woman exams or mammograms because of the pandemic. Tell us a little bit more of how they can get more information. Sure. So because the well woman exams and the mammograms are available on a first-come, first-served basis, we really encourage residents to pre-register online. If you visit the City of Arlington's website at arlingtontx.gov, we have an article about the event with a registration link. Thank you, Susan, for helping people get healthier in our community and for hosting this event. I'm Angel Biasati with Methodist Mansfield News to Know, reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Buying or selling, Realtor Beth Steinke is here and always has great information with the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. We received a flyer in the mail a few weeks ago selling us title fraud protection. 
We had not seen something like this before, so we did a little research with our trusted title company to make sure we understood what we were really looking at. I'm excited today to share with you what we learned. You may have seen advertisements on TV or received the same mailer we did, alerting you that your home could be stolen away at any time by some crafty thief. The assertion is that they could forge documents to transfer ownership of your house right out from under your nose. The perpetrators would record this illegal transfer with the county and then the craziness ensues. They sell your home illegally to some random, unsuspecting buyer. The ad uses some pretty serious scare tactics to get you to pay attention, like showing people being evicted from their own homes by the sheriff or a moving van pulling up in front of your home with the new owners inside. It's a sensational story, but definitely not the whole story. The goal of the advertisement is to sell you their services, but of course they leave out important information you need to make a good decision. The service they offer would monitor your home against unauthorized ownership transfer. One of these companies, Home Title Lock, even got on a local news station to legitimize their claim about the critical nature of the protection service. Aura.com is another company getting on the bandwagon. This is not new either. At the start of the pandemic, many people were reporting on this issue. Now let's get to the bottom of this by determining what is fact and what is fiction. Is title fraud a real thing? Yes, unfortunately. In fact, we're seeing a rise in these types of title and ownership issues. Do you need to worry about this new threat? No, not really. It's still pretty rare. Do you need to pay a monthly fee for a service to secure your title? Absolutely not. So how do you protect yourself? First, if you are going to buy a house from a random person... You must not be too trusting. Caveat emptor. Let the buyer beware. Use a trusted realtor and go through the normal process to buy a home. Shortcuts may land you directly out of your money and out of a house. When you go through the normal process for buying a house, you'll be issued a title policy. That title policy is protection against ownership claims from the beginning of recorded time to when you purchase the home. For homeowners... What can you do to hedge against this new scary threat of someone recording a fraudulent deed? Simply go to your county website and search for Property Fraud Alert, and you'll find a community service provided by the county, free of charge, allowing you to set up a fraud alert on your property. No monthly fee needed. The title policy you received when you bought your home protected your past. The fraud alert is set to protect your future, so I think it's safe to say the odds are ever in your favor. If you ever receive a flyer or a real estate related mailer, snap a picture of it and text it over to your realtor. They will be more than happy to let you know if it's real or ready for the recycle bin. Now let's see what's happening in the Mansfield real estate scene. As of Tuesday, October 11th, there are 118 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes this week range from 220,000 with the list topping at it nearly 2 million. Inventory available for buyers has nearly tripled since this time last year, and the average days on market is 35. Add that to the under contract or escrow period, sellers are looking at over 70 days from the listing date to the closing date. Home prices are still up 15% over last year, and 16 homes closed last week in Mansfield. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com.
For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is featuring an autumn-influenced drink in the Cocktail of the Week. This week's Cocktail of the Week is the k- Old Fashioned. Yes, you heard me right, and I'll explain it in the rest of the talk. Today, I'm starting a new series on fall-inspired cocktails. And while there's no doubt that a cinnamon rim martini is a delicious way to enjoy a crisp fall day, there are far more flavors that put the yum in autumn. Monin syrups carry a variety of syrups that are game changers when it comes to making gourmet fall flavors in a drink. Think toffee nut, vanilla spice, salted caramel, as well as some more fun flavors like toasted marshmallow, candy corn, and even sea salt caramel toffee. Monin also offers some bright and beautiful syrups like pomegranate and golden turmeric that makes for insta-worthy drinks that also align with being semi-healthy. I'm also going to introduce you today to a new coffee concentrate that I found on a recent trip to New Orleans, Mississippi Cold Drip. They have a great cold drip flavor as a concentrated coffee, especially when you add it to a cocktail. They have flavors such as Mississippi Turtle, Mississippi Peppermint, Salted Caramel, Vanilla, Hazelnut, and of course, Mississippi Mocha. You can find them online at mscolddrip.com. That's mscolddrip.com. And you can order and they'll ship and deliver in just a couple of days. But don't worry about taking any notes as I'll be giving out the ingredients instructions and as always posting them on bourbongospel.com. So today's ingredient, you're going to need about an ounce and a half of bourbon. You know, my kitchen pour is always going to be the Evan Williams Bottled and Bond 100 proof, but really it's whatever bourbon you find that's your favorite. You're going to need a half ounce of Amaro. Remember, Amaro is a herbal liqueur. It's going to add an herbal note to your bourbon. We're going to add a half ounce of the Monin Toffee Nut Syrup. And then we're going to add an ounce and a half of Mississippi Cold Brew Hazelnut Cold Brew Coffee Concentrate. You can pour all the ingredients into a shaker glass, top with ice, shake thoroughly, strain into a double old-fashioned glass, garnish with one large ice cube, and then for a nice touch, put a nice Faroe Rocher candy and a slice of orange peel on the rim. Today's glassware is going to feature a double old-fashioned glass. As always, I'm open to hear you're taking your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for About Mansfield, I'm Brian Certain. Hi, I'm Vandella Menifee, professional volunteer. You're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And today we present part two with our in-studio conversation with Mansfield resident Christy Silvis, who just completed a 750-mile, 73-day trek on the Camino de Santiago. Enjoy. Let's talk about day number one. Okay. I would assume... Some of the trip within the 73 days is just a blur, but but day number one has got to be fresh. Well, day the, number one got interrupted by the wildfires in Spain, oh, and wow. my Camino was postponed for three days. So I spent two extra days in St. John than what I had intended on doing. And because of the wildfires, they didn't, they, it, there were some parts um, this side of Pamplona that it, it did go over the Camino. 
but they the uh, uh, guardia civil guardia. Um, Mm -hmm. state troopers, whatever, wanted to close the Camino so they didn't have to worry about the pilgrims on the Camino while they were trying, all of their resources were fighting the wildfire. So it was interesting in St. John that there were some people that I talked to that were, oh my gosh, this is ruining my whole trip because I have it all planned out. I need to walk so many miles a day. And I just sat there and I said, there's more food and drink for me here. (laughs) More walking around and seeing the city. So it, it was sort of one of those things of like, okay, I'm ready to start my journey. And the first days, not happening. Mm, not happening. <laughs> so it's like, okay. So I think that taught me very, very early on that you just got to roll with the punches and sure. you know, things happen. What's going through your mind when you finally take that first step on, on the Camino that, okay, here we go. Here we go. I, it, it was a take a deep breath looking up it's uphill all the way from here on out and it's like what what in what am i doing and <laughs> the only way i'll know is if i step off and take off and so uh i found that especially on that first day i was just amazed at you know the sights the the visuals the the people that i met along the way and the the coming into the um, hostel that I stayed at at the first night, uh, a sense of, you know, thank God I'm here. Right. And I made it. I made the first day. Woo! Day number one is, day number is, one in, the is books. in the books. And um, you met a lot of people along the way. Yes, I did. Um, so um, uh, my loving partner had put on a, a Bon Voyage party, retirement Bon Voyage party, mm-hmm. and I had a hat there, and I had everybody sign the inside of the hat that was there so I could bring them along the pilgrimage with me. And then I wore that uh, all all the time I was there and had people sign, and I brought myself a little Sharpie, okay. and people sign it that I met along the way. So there were a lot of um, interesting characters I met along the way, but the first night, I have to bring this up, that when I stayed in... Um, uh, in Orison, that the the um, host there, uh, uh, what was his? That was Lorenz, Lorenzo. Uh, he had lost his keys, couldn't find his car keys. Whatever, it taught him the little Saint Anthony prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next morning, he shakes his keys and he goes, "I found them." Saint Anthony came through, nice. so that was a good thing. And the group of people that I met at the dinner table, most all these, um, I, I should backtrack, all of these albergues and hostels generally have a community dinner uh, that you can you can choose to participate in. And so everybody sits down, it's, you know, prefixed meal. And uh, usually you go around and tell your story, why I'm doing it, you know, introduce yourself, where you're from, those yeah. sorts of things. And I, I say this because I met, you know, a, a group of people there, uh, one gentleman from Germany in particular uh, that I ended up running into on the day I walked into Santiago, 73 days later. Wow. So I saw him the first day. And you never saw him again until the 73rd day? Yes, until the last day, as I'm walking into the city and he was walking out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's like... Now you would think that that all right. So day number one, you're with a you're, you're having dinner with a group of people. Mm-hmm. You would think that you would cross paths at least <clears throat> a few a, times. A few times. So I a lot of people that do walk the Camino, they have a time limit, mm-hmm. uh, and it might be they want to complete the Camino in three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. You know, they 
can only take so much time off work or out of their normal lives. And since I was in no hurry, I was a very slow walker. And well, and you also mentioned you took a day or two just to just to visit, yeah, but I mean, just, just to see a city, or, yeah, just or, in general. So, what would happen is that I would meet like that group of people that were there, I would see them for the next few days, generally in the town where we're staying at that night. So, they'd get to the town earlier in the day, and then I'd come, you know, trudging in several hours later. Um, I never stopped to take rest along the way, except for I would have breakfast and lunch along the way, and just slowly plod, wherein I'd see a lot of people, in my mind, were just racing by, and then I'd pass <laughs> them by because they're having to stop and rest because oh, they're... The rabbit and the hare, or the, oh, the, uh, rabbit, the tortoise, turtle, the yeah, tortoise the and the hare. So I was the tortoise, and <laughs> but what would happen is about every three or four days, they would finally um, move on past me. So, so seventy three days, seven hundred fifty miles. You averaged, uh, uh, you averaged about ten, 10 miles, miles a, day, a day. Yeah. Whereas those that were on a pretty set schedule are probably pushing fifteen to twenty. Oh, there were people that were three, six, nine, twelve that were walking twenty four to thirty miles a day. Oh because wow! They were they needed. I'm I'm having to stop to do conversion the in math, my brain yeah. <laughs> because it's in you know kilometers over there. It's like how many is that? So it'd be yeah. Uh, and I'm going, you go. Although there were a few days that I did um, closer to, uh, I think, 17 or 18 miles were my longest days. And that's where it was mostly flat. I, I would get to where I thought I was going to stay and there'd be nothing there. And it'd be like, well, I'll just walk a few more hours. Huh. Got nothing else to do. You went on this trip by yourself. Did you find you, your, Did you find that you were walking with a group more often or, or by yourself? More often. By myself. By, By myself more often. Um, and catching up with these groups, running you know, running into them at the next town or whatever and, yeah. and eating and, you know, uh, visiting with them. Uh, but, yeah, I mostly – there were several times – a part of that was is that since I was technically very slow at walking, mm. very few people I, – I would just say, don't, don't wait for me. You know, go on. You're all good. <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll see you later or whatever. So I just really took my time. Uh, no blisters, no injuries, no no physical problems whatsoever. But that's not typical. That's uh, not going to happen for everyone who walks the Camino. No, I think that the biggest thing. So, okay, I'm going to brag a little. Go ahead. So initially, I got uh, the nickname of the Angel on the trail. Uh, because I managed to have a big Ziploc bag full of moleskin because I anticipated having blisters. And moleskin okay. is just kind of like a second skin you can put on over blisters. And it's and it's very, very helpful to prevent um, development of blisters and, you know, for treatment of blisters. Said the nurse. Said the nurse, yes. Okay. So I'm walking along, and uh, somebody would be sitting on the side of the road with a shoe off, looking at their foot, and I'd say, oh, you've got a blister here, you know, <laughs> try this. And I still had two pieces left <laughs> when I was done with the whole thing. So and you I never used it for yourself? Never used it for myself. So so that was um, – and, and the biggest problem is that when people first start walking the Camino, you think I've worn in my new hiking shoes or shoes or sandals or whatever – but if you're walking 10 miles a day, it's very quickly, um, your feet start rubbing in there. Um, 
and fortunately for me, I, I play in my keen sandals, play golf in my keen sandals. So okay. when I say I would walk eight miles a day on the golf course, I walked in the same shoes I walked in the Camino. In the Camino. I, and you're wearing those shoes today. Today, yep. That's about the only shoes I wear. <laughs> that's awesome. Traveling alone, were there any concerns? Uh, no. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, probably the only times that I was ever concerned was getting in and out of train stations and airports just by virtue of what, which, what's the terminal plank train, you know. Where I'm supposed to be, but you know when you've when you're in countries where oh, oh wait a second there are no guns there's no um, significant violence uh, that I want to say we see here in the U S that it's that that's just not a concern maybe uh, I I don't know how many people have said oh weren't you afraid yeah of and I'm kind of going of what of of I I will say I'm. Um, my biggest concern was I didn't want to lose any cash I had on or my passport or my phone. Those were the three things. And well, because that also happens in the movie, the way that we talked about with Martin Sheen, that, that uh, he... Oh, he, his backpack he, was... He, right. He ends up losing his backpack and, and all of his worldly belongings were in it. And But I think he was more concerned about one particular belonging in the backpack. I think so. And... Didn't it's been several years since I've seen the movie? Didn't he get his backpack back? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Not only that, but the dad of the kid that stole it, you know, got all upset with the kid, made the kid carry the backpack for. Uh, that's for yeah, okay. that's for, right for a while. So, at any rate, um, so I had I had what I definitely didn't want to lose in a fanny pack, and that was with me at all times, whether I went to the shower, you know, in bed, uh, out to dinner, whatever. So. There was never any concern uh, that I would have it. Um, in Spain, I can't remember if in France as well, but anytime you check into a facility, hotel, whether it be a hotel or an albergue, you have to show your passport. Okay. So they take so they can track that, oh, this person entered Spain on this date and they never left. We're gonna go find them. Yeah. Kind of thing. So those were the my most concern um, issues. Anything in my backpack that got lost, left behind, whatever. <laughs> That's the, the biggest issue is people saying, oh, somebody stole it. And then they found out that, oh, I just left it on the bed. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You, you, they're called abrogues? Yeah. A-L-B-U-R-G-U-E. B-E-R-G-U-E. Albergues. Albergues. Uh, Another word, a hostel. A hostel, yes. Let's, uh, as a as opposed to a hotel where you have to check in and you've got yourself. Your well, you have to check in in all of but, these places, and and you would get a little, generally speaking, get a little slip of paper that says where your bunk is. Oh, okay. So most of these places uh, had rooms with a number of bunk beds in them, and it would be anything from two sets of bunk beds to I think one place I stayed at where it's like. I think a hundred, a um, hundred bunk beds in just, one just one large huge, room, giant. like a gymnasium type. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. And there were there were many more like that uh, that I I didn't stay at. Like the second night, most people stayed at this monastery in Ransavales, uh, which is a, a very famous monastery along the way that was specifically built 
to house pilgrims a thousand years ago walking wow. when they came over the... Um, so, I, ha- I had to make a very difficult decision there. Do I stay in the historical monastery or do I walk an extra mile to Burgett and stay at the hotel that Ernest Hemingway stayed at and wrote The Sun Also Rises At. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, a... I went with Ernie, baby. <laughs> she went the extra mile. I went the extra mile listening to The Sun Also Rises and enjoying, you know, seeing what he was talking about. Yeah. Um, in, in that, even though I'd read it, I'm sure, in high school or something. And like did you make the right decision? <clears throat> For me, yes. I do. I, I, if I had it to do all over again, I probably would have stayed in both. Just gotten up late. Walked a mile. Walked a mile. Yeah, I'm done for the night. day. Yeah. But yeah. at that point in time, I, I did not know how long it would take me. I didn't know what my ability was. Yeah. Um, when, when you talked about, asked about planning earlier, I had made reservations for my entire trip. Oh, wow. So I knew how much I was going to walk. But the delay of the fire made me have to <laughs> cancel <laughs> everything. Everything. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. So I had to start all over again, which actually kind of worked out because then I could have a better feel for how long I could walk. Um, and a lot, it was harder to walk downhill than it was to walk uphill. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Because most of the, the heavy downhill was very rocky, steep, loose gravel. Uh, most of the trails were... Uh, kind of like um, the gravelly paths, like over at All of Nature. Yeah. Um, Oliver, excuse me, Oliver Nature Center. Uh, so it was, it was, you know, fairly easy walking as far as the trail was concerned. Um, but you've got some areas that were very steep, very rocky, very, I'm going to inch my way down here and maybe even slide on my butt in a few places. The albergues that, albergues mm-hmm. that you stayed at, uh, did they provide the food or did, did you have to find it elsewhere and, and describe what the food was like on, okay. on the trip? In the parochial, now there's a difference between albergues. In the parochial albergues, the ones that were actually at the churches in the town, mm-hmm. it was a community dinner that you had to help purchase and make. Okay. So they had an open kitchen and everybody would get together and say, well, what are we fixing tonight for dinner and go to the local market and buy food. So you can, and you could choose to participate in that or you could choose to go elsewhere. The vast majority of them that I stayed at had a um, pilgrim's meal and it was prepared by uh, the hosts and it usually gave you very minimal choices, but it was a lot of food and Always a bottle or carafe or two of red wine, cold. They drink their red wine cold. Okay, on the table. And if you wanted water, that would be an extra buck. Mm. <laughs> so water's extra. Wine is free. Yes. Well, that's okay. As it should be. I think you know. Take note, all you restaurants in. That's right. In Mansfield, so the the meals they were always a three course meal. And the first course was some type of uh, salad, and not when they say salad, there it was always either an ensalada mixta or a Russian salad, which is a pasta salad, uh, and some other things. I usually got the uh, uh, mixed salad mostly because I, there was just so few vegetables 
mm-hmm. um, I missed eating a lot of that, but the but, but they put tuna fish on everything. Huh. <laughs> I canned tuna fish. Oh no! So so I mean, it was there. There were some taste sensations that were like like one place had empanadas. So I said, great, I want an empanada. Had never had a tuna fish empanada before. Oh wow! And it was actually pretty good. It just sort of was like a grilled cheese and tuna fish salad sandwich kind of wrapped in a pastry. Yeah, you, you know, it, yeah. So there were a lot of times that. What I saw on the menu and expected in my mind was not what was on that plate. Is it because Americans have Americanized ethnic foods? Um, I don't know. Like the like the enchirito or the the Dorito taco. Uh, yeah, the- I think there there's some of that, but I think the bigger issue was. You're talking about somebody in a small town that barely knows English that translated their menu. Mm -hmm. So uh, one persistent issue was I learned that whenever they say pie, they really mean cake. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because I ordered apple pie one time, and it was not apple pie. (laughs) (laughs) So my brain's expecting this nice crisp crust, and it was really apple Cake. Apple cake. So there was a little language barrier mm-hmm. along the way. Oh, yeah. And, and not only in the albergues, but I would assume with people that you met along the... Uh, oh, you're sitting down at dinner and there's, let's say, 10 of you sitting around the table and easily 10 different languages spoken hmm. easily from uh, I from around the world. Uh, people, everything from what is it? Australia, New Zealand, Thailand, Korea, Japan, uh, all across Europe, Denmark, Norway, Germany, Italy, Latvia, Ukraine. Wow. Um, England, Dublin, or Ireland, Scotland, just Portugal, South America. I think I made it, made a bunch of people from Ecuador, <sighs> Bolivia, Chile, Argentina. Uh, yeah. And their Spanish is not, That's you know, US, Texas Spanish, which is not Spanish Spanish. Mm, Spanglish. I it, will say even reading the signs at museums and, and such, um, the English translation left something to be desired. That I could read and under, well, they usually had English, Span, Spanish, and French, but the English sign was a um, British flag. So okay. that was a little... Where's American? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're so not there. Um, and I did run into a young lady and her mother in, I think it was Pamplona, and they were just vacationing there. They weren't on the pilgr- pilgrimage or anything. They were um, from the U.S. Mom's visiting the daughter because the daughter is a, a, a copy editor in Europe, and all she does is translate, or, or she is given the translation, and then said, now make this make sense. Yeah. Because the direct word-for-word translation doesn't really convey the meaning necessarily. And uh, during the last week of uh, my walk, I uh, hung around with um, a a group of people that were a lot of fun that were all from Spain. And one was a working on her uh, PhD or uh, in uh, English as a second language teacher okay. for K through essentially 12 there, I guess, kind of like young, younger kids. And we were taught she was doing this stuff online and having to explain to her 
what colloquialisms, terms, sayings were that made no sense and didn't translate, <laughs> you know, into they, Spanish, yeah, that, into that, their Spanish right. uh, very well. So it was just every, you know, okay, what does um, get off your high horse mean? Yeah. That was one of them. It's like, well, <laughs> and then having to explain it and then her trying to figure out how that would be said in Spanish is, you know, a whole different thing. That was one particular lengthy conversation of how to explain to somebody. And I know there are some Spanish terms that that just don't translate into English. Yes. Getting back to food, is there or was there something that you eat normally here at home that you were wishing they had on the Camino? No, I'm I'm a very eclectic eater and I'm very willing to try anything. I now wish there were some things we had here that they had there. Well, that was actually the, the follow-up uh, question. The follow-up. So what did you eat on the Camino that, that you wow, I wish we had this in America? Scallops on the shell. Oh, my. For five bucks. Five bucks. About a dozen of them on a big plate. Um, octopus. Uh, with It would be the full legs and tentacles and the... You know, whole. You can go to the local grocery store, uh, get, or at least the one that I went to yesterday. Has, oh, has has, has octopus. Has well, octopus. I mean, you can't walk into a restaurant. True. True, and and get that. Um, I had one hamburger in Spain, and it was a, a, a huge chunk of meat that, in my opinion, was not cooked adequately, mm-hmm. uh, but I was not one to send things back and say that this isn't cooked. I just assumed that's how they cooked it. I ate it. I didn't die. There you go. <laughs> We're talking with world traveler Christy Silvas about her trek on the Camino de Santiago, and we'll pick up the conclusion next week. And as always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, loves, or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature Michael Evans. Science reporter Dennis Webb. Sports Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update Beth Steinke. Ask Terry, Home Improvement, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. <laughs>